but because we submitted to the Word of God and the will of God, we have risen again from dead situations. And so when you tell the testimony of what Jesus did and you combine that with what we've overcome, it gives hope to people who may feel like they're in a grave, that the same God that did it for himself or for his son, the same God that did it for us, still has enough power to do it for them as well. This week is known as Holy Week. I'm Byron Tyler, and we want to walk through this time together. This is quite different for the church because of the virus threat that threatens not only us here in America, but the world, the COVID-19. And I've invited my good friend, Pastor Ricky Floyd of the Pursuit of God Church in Frazier. Because of social distancing, we're having to do this over the phone I did want to invite him to participate because uh, I love my dear brother. Just want to have fellowship and share this time together as followers of Christ. Ricky, God bless you and Sheila. How are you doing? Man, wonderful and uh, privileged to be on the air with you talking about our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, especially at this crucial time of the year. I guess we can say of the century as well with what's going on. I think you're right on that, dear friend. Nothing in our lifetime we've ever experienced. And this is a wake-up call, a change of direction, especially for the church. This time typically is an exciting time as the Church of Jesus Christ all over the world celebrates this week, Sunday being Palm Sunday, as we move into this Passion Week of Christ, this Holy Week of Christ. So many activities traditionally are planned around this week to celebrate the death, the burial, and the wonderful resurrection on Easter morning of Jesus Christ. People are having to make adjustments, have had to make adjustments now for a few weeks with their online services. I know you've been doing the same at Pursuit of God. I also want to say a special heart prayer to one of your members, our friend Sheila Jefferson. She lost a family member to coronavirus, I understand. Yes, she did. And, you know, for a lot of people, it seems distance and it doesn't hit home, and you will even probably question the reality of it. But once it hits close to home, there's a shift. There's a shift in every fiber of your being concerning the matter. Well, you know, Pastor, for you, this would have been an exciting time to celebrate Easter in a brand-new church facility I know that you're not going to be able to do, but we know the church is not a building, is it? The church is not a building, but we sure would have liked to brought our church to the building this Resurrection Sunday. But we're yet grateful to be alive and to still have the ability to witness about the greatness of God in this season is amazing. Well, the observance of Passion Week recalls the week before Easter, that Sunday Resurrection Day we mentioned consisting of the sufferings and the death of Jesus Christ. The observance is traditionally known, as I mentioned, as Holy Week. In the Scriptures, Matthew 21, 1 through 11, Mark 11, 1 through 11, Luke 19, 28 through 44, and John 12, 12 through 19, we see where Jesus descends from the Mount of Olives toward Jerusalem, and the crowds lay their clothes on the ground to welcome him as he triumphantly enters Jerusalem. As you were saying that, I was thinking that there probably has not been many times since that event occurred that there's probably going to be more singular focus on Jesus Christ during this season. You know, a lot of times people end up focusing on Easter speeches and 
Easter attire and Easter eggs and bunnies and chocolates and preparing meals. But uh, it just hit me the reality of Jesus being the center of attention during this season right now because people will recognize that we need him. We've always need him, but crises presents an opportunity for people to re-examine their relationship with Christ and who he is to them. So I think that the focus will be probably more on the death, burial, and resurrection, probably like never before in a long time. So true, Pastor. I, I saw where a social media posts recently said, the church doesn't seem to have an answer for us today. And I don't know if people are really listening or want to hear what the church's message is. Another friend said recently that they were actually encouraged by the bookshelf at the local Walmart, where Bibles typically were, were almost all gone. People are listening to us today looking for hope, looking for answers. They want to know what is the reason for our lives. That is so true, and like I say, this gives the church, and this is why I'm really excited in this season, because it gives the church the opportunity to display the burden-removing, yoke-destroying power of God. What I'm seeing in this season, I'm seeing churches who are stepping out of their comfort zones of what they would normally and traditionally do as a church. I've seen churches who are feeding hundreds that I've never saw feed people before. I've seen people serving, even in my ministry, who's never served before. And I think uh, it's causing the believers and even public officials to recognize the value of the church. We've had news media, political figures, and business people that traditionally would not call on the church. I had a comedian who has been a great persecutor of church in general. He's always had a little respect for me, but actually doing a show... (laughs) asked me to be a part of a a Facebook Live where he is acknowledging that some of the persecution of the church has been unjust. And you couldn't have told me that a year ago. Sometimes it does take situations and crises to cause people to seek God. What is his answer for their lives? And as I mentioned about Jesus making that ride down from the Mount of Olives into Jerusalem, that Sunday night he spent in the village of Bethany, which is right at the base of the Mount of Olives, And as you remember, Pastor, as he returned to Jerusalem on that Monday, there was a fig tree that had produced leaves ahead of season. The fig trees bore leaves, and he expected to find figs there, but it was fruitless. I couldn't have said it better. This is fruit-examining season for the congregation for the body of Christ. Smoke and mirrors, entertainment leaves, if you will. In this season, it will be revealed whether you have the fruit of the Spirit and are you having a healthy place for people to eat and have you been feeding people healthy? I really feel convinced of that in this season. Pastor, another event that took place on that Monday was the temple cleansing. Great point. Yes, sir. (laughs) And I made a statement. One of my pastor friends kind of got offended by it until I explained it to him. And that was, I don't know if 40% of the uh, churches will recover from this. And I said, that may not, considering the scripture that you just said, that may not be the devil. That fruitless trees 
and churches that are not rooted and grounded in the Word of God and in the will of God, this may be a shaking where loose fruit will fall off. Those money changers were extorting the situation. Yes. And we've got to be careful as the church that we don't do likewise today. Correct. You know, it was that Tuesday that the escalation of the conspiracies to trap Jesus really got moving. Israel's religious leaders, they wanted to get rid of this Jesus of Nazareth, even if it meant cooperating with lifelong enemies. I mean, there was the Pharisees and the Sadducees typically didn't interact with each other. (laughs) (laughs) It's amazing who will come together to knock off, uh, who will have grace and forgiveness toward each other and can work together to knock off the burden-removing, yoke-destroying power of God, and that never ceases to amaze me. And toward Jesus, and personally, I've seen that happen. People who can't stand each other, who you can't get to fellowship, and and then you'll find that they'll find a common cause that (laughs) destroying the burden-removing, yoke-destroying power of God, and all of a sudden, they will unify. that's just uh, mind-blowing to me, but unfortunately, it is a reality. But, you know, one scripture that I think the Church has to fully understand, because I, I saw something, man, that really concerned me. I saw a guy that was a spiritual giant in my life, and I saw him afraid. I saw on a social media post, you could see it in his eyes, hear it in his tone, that this great man of faith was not speaking, moving, thinking, talking, and faith. He had allowed fear to come in, and fear was uh, creating anxiety. And I think that we as believers need to remember this one scripture right here, this one statement, and the gates of hell shall not prevail. I think we really need to stick to, to confess, to decree, to meditate on that, that though the church may be tested in this season, and, and I said this, I did a post to say that the church is not the only institution that's being tested. You know, I talk about eight mountains. Every mountain, every spear is being tested. Education is being tested. The medical industry is being tested. Business, family, religion, politics, every institution is being tested in this season. And so, yes, the church is being tested, but we need to realize that so is everyone, and so is every mountain. The Bible didn't say the gates wouldn't prevail against those other institutions. It said it would not prevail against the church. And we need to have the confidence in Christ Jesus that that we're going to be all right if we're in the will of God. Well, it was those verses in Matthew twenty three thirteen through 33 that Jesus pronounced those seven condemnations. He was calling out false religion that mm-hmm. is abhorrent to God. And that's why we've got to put aside religiosity. Yes, sir. That's so true. Jesus came teaching the kingdom, not religion. He came teaching family and not religion. Most of his things talked about my father. I I have much to say, but I'm going to stick to the course that I'm on assignment that my father has given me. And then after that, he was talking about repent. Why? For the kingdom. He kept talking about for the kingdom. And that's simply God's way of doing things. So at this season, I think people are going to get away from entertainment back to enlightenment, and enlightenment with the Word of God and empowering God's people. Pastor, it was that Wednesday of the Passion Week where Judas first conspired with the Sanhedrin to portray Jesus. This was all part of God's plan, but still, here's someone who journeyed with the disciples for those three years, 
And he's the betrayer. He's the betrayer. And what activated the betrayer was he saw someone submitted, serving, and sowing into Jesus. That's what activated him. Because if you remember, you never saw Judas come against Jesus. But when the, the lady anointed Jesus' feet, he said, Could not we have given that to the poor? So it was her sacrifice, her serving, her seed to Jesus that activated the betrayal spirit in Judas. And I think uh, in this season, we have to watch and make sure, church, that you don't get in survival mode and competition mode, ministers of the gospel, because that could activate Judas in you to try to crucify the real burden, removing yoke, destroying power of God. That is a great word, Pastor. As we close out this time together, I want to continue the conversation as we move from Judas's betrayal to Friday, the crucifixion of Jesus. We're going to talk about the resurrection, and that's what we're going to do on the next part of our program, talking about the Holy Week of Christ, the resurrection of Jesus. I hope you'll join us. Well, this Holy Week of Christ, we have been celebrating what God has brought to us in salvation through Jesus Christ. And I couldn't be more thankful and excited to share this moment with my good friend, Pastor Ricky Floyd, as we just have conversations centered around Christ, our Savior. It's like we're having this fellowship together, Ricky, without being together in person because of COVID-19. It's changed our life, hasn't it? Man, it's it's shifted the way we do everything. Eat, drive, watch, dine, read, learn. It's shifted every fiber of our being. One thing that has not changed, that is the purpose of the church that God has established here on earth. And we're going to praise God with a mighty voice. Glory. Because of the resurrection of Jesus, we celebrate Easter and the resurrection. Amen. That is so true. And I know as a pastor, you probably look forward, I'm sure every Sunday you stand behind the pulpit to share with your congregation, but there's something extra special about Easter morning and getting up with your people. You know, it's almost like, and and I told Bellevue uh, this as they were getting ready to transition the uh, new campus that they gave us. They wanted to, before we saw all of this coming, they wanted us to come in a week before the Resurrection Sunday, and I said, that's like giving uh, an NFL team one week to work out, practice, and recruit (laughs) for the Super Bowl. Uh, Yes. (laughs) It's Super Bowl Sunday. Really, everything that we've done throughout all the year guides back to the purpose of the life of Jesus Christ, the walk of Jesus Christ, the sacrifice of God, uh, and the power that comes to the believer because of the ultimate sacrifice that was made by God uh, and His Son, Jesus. Pastor Rick, you know, we have been walking through this Passion Week, this Holy Week of Christ, as we started off with the entry into Jerusalem down from the Mount of Olives. We talked about how the religious leaders conspired on that Tuesday that started heating up 
to bring charges against Jesus. We saw on that Wednesday of the Passion Week where Judas Iscariot, that's when he first conspired with the Sanhedrin to betray Jesus for that 30 pieces of silver. And then we want to talk about these other days. Thursday, the day that Jesus has this last meal with his disciples just prior to his arrest and his crucifixion. You know, as you say that, I think about, you know, a terminology that we have, oh, my God. And I said, God never said, oh, my God. He, he's never surprised. And so even in the midst of this, God understands the course. He understands the plan of God. He understands the vision. He understands the assignment. And he is strategically imparting in the disciples who uh, will be uh, apostles to go and spread this good news that not only did Jesus die for our sins, but he rose with all power. Yes. And so it was like a last meeting with the uh, with those who are going to have to spread the good news and articulate the power of our Lord and Savior and the, and the preciousness of his blood. Pastor, in that last meal with his disciples, he also gives all followers the symbols of remembrance for his body and his blood that was sacrificed yeah. on our behalf. Yeah. Yeah, again, that's foresight. Uh, you weren't here with me at this table, but I'm going to give you an opportunity and access to the same forgiveness, the same anointing, the same uh, power uh, that we've given to those who walk with me for three and a half years. You can walk this out the rest of your life. And, you know, Pastor, also during that meal, what was the last thing Jesus did? That's when he showed the example of what a servant was yes. when he washed their feet. Yes, yes. I think Jesus was letting them know, all that I'm giving up, I yet remain humble. And so with this power that you're going to have access to, with this authority, with this Revelation, and with these persecutions that are going to come to you, Jesus was letting them know, yet humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God. And if you remain humble, God will raise you up or resurrect you again. Pastor, as we move into Friday, we call it Good Friday. Yeah. And for our Savior, it doesn't seem very good when he went to be crucified, the place called Golgotha, which means the place of the skull in Mark fifteen twenty two, The sky turned dark for three hours. Jesus cried, Father, into your hands I commit my spirit. He died, Luke twenty three forty six. And the disciple Peter wrote in First Peter one eighteen and 19, For you know that God paid a ransom to save you, from the empty life you inherited from your ancestors. And the ransom he paid was not mere gold or silver. He paid for you with the precious lifeblood of Christ, the sinless, spotless Lamb of God. Wow. Wow. Listen, you can go out and earn some more gold. You can go out and earn some more silver. But you can't earn another Jesus Christ. You can't earn another resurrection. You can't earn another supernatural gift from God. And, uh, wow, man, that, you, you just overwhelm me with the way that you express that. But uh, it, it's, it's almost like you, you, you're, you're making, painting a verbal picture 
of me just beginning to celebrate the sacrifice that Jesus made that for us again. Oh, what is Easter? As you mentioned previously, we're not talking about bunnies and eggs and new clothes for church. It's a celebration of the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the tomb on that third day after his crucifixion. And, you know, Pastor, other religions of the world, they don't say Jesus rose from the dead. You know, it's a historical fact that Christ rose from the grave. Yeah. And and that changed everything because at, at, at that time, people didn't believe in the resurrection. There was no such thing as resurrection. And so if... And and that's why, and you're probably going to get to this, that's why they wanted to say they paid large sums of money to say that he was stolen. Because if the resurrection was proven to be true, which they didn't believe at that time, then that means everything else that he said could be true. And that would shift uh, the authority uh, that would shift the mindset, that would shift the habits that were going on, that would shift the economy Yes, in that particular time. And there were a lot of people not excited, and like I said, they were willing to pay large sums of money for that truth to, be, for that truth to go out. And that's why I tell people uh, when they have an opportunity to sow or partner with institutions like Bot Radio, who, which is delivering the unadulterated true word of God, that we must, because watch this, people are investing and sowing and spending for lies to go out, and we've got to spend equally as much for the truth yes. to be released into the earth as well. You know, Pastor, when Judas Iscariot betrayed our Savior, and of course he went out and committed suicide, he hung himself. When those remaining 11 disciples were there, they knew they had to pick another person to join them to get the message out, to proclaim about what they had seen, what they had heard, and about this resurrection of Jesus. They cast lots, and the name fell on Matthias. Peter said, we have to pick somebody who has been with us from the entire time, who knows Jesus' ministry, who's seen the miracles like we have, but he also has to be able to testify of the resurrection. Wow. That was one of the qualifications for this person. I was so convicted. We, as followers of Christ, we must be proclaimers of his resurrection. Yes, yes, yes. And and I think proclaimers of his resurrection, and I think the reason that the Bible says overcome by the blood of the Lamb and the words of his testimony that many of you know, I've heard some of yours, you've heard some of mine, that our testimony show that resurrection is still happening in the life of the believer who has submitted to Christ Jesus. There are some things that you share with me and some things that I share with you and things that we know about others' life that it looked like, you know, they've said there's no help for him in God. But because we submitted to the Word of God and the will of God, we have risen again from dead situations. And so when you tell the testimony of what Jesus did and you combine that with what we've overcome, it gives hope to people who may feel like they're in a grave, that the same God that did it for himself or for his son, the same God that did it for us, 
still has enough power to do it for them as well. Amen. <laughs> Hallelujah. What a Savior. He has risen. He has risen indeed, Pastor. Yes, sir. Well, it's been our pleasure to have you part of this Passion Week of Christ as we celebrate and walk through the journey that Jesus took as his followers. We must remember that he suffered and died. Of course, he rose again, we know. Thank you, my dear brother. God bless you, Sheila, the Ministry of Pursuit of God Church. Thank you so much for helping share the moment with us. Thank you, and we love you, sir. My voice and I will sing 